0: Hello and welcome to this week's Tap Talks HR podcast. This week is all about action learning and I'm pleased to have Catherine Powell with me. Hi Catherine, thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, it's lovely to be with you.
0: Catherine is an executive coach and an action learning facilitator. So Catherine, give the listeners a bit of a background about yourself and why you're so interested in action learning.
1: Um, so I've been in executive leadership for over 20 years and um, action learning um, I guess has been my secret career within those 20 years so I've for um, the best part of about 15 years I've been leading action learning groups with other executives outside of my executive working life Um, and and now I'm director of Catherine Powell and Associates and I work with executive leaders and other leaders, aspiring leaders, uh, to develop their coaching skills to coach them and and to enable them through action learning. So something I'm hugely passionate about.
0: So you've got loads of experience of action learning and it's something that I hear a lot about more and more at the moment. So, so why do you think action learning is, is, is relevant right now to organisations and business in general?
1: I think that's a, a really great question and I guess um, essentially and rightly, certainly in my mind, um, the view on what makes a credible leader I think is really changing. And um, I think over the last five to ten years we've seen a real shift in, in what we value in terms of leadership. Um, and. I guess there's fast-growing interest in what makes leaders and and most kind of senior executive leaders successful in their fields and I think perhaps traditionally um, there was a focus around task leadership and what I mean by that was there was there's kind of been an absolute focus on achieving outcomes so whether that's sales or profit or um, people performance, but that that focus has been around uh, systems and processes and strategy and and kind of the hard stuff, the cold stuff about leadership really essential, but perhaps in my mind cold. And I guess in the last five, ten years we've seen a move towards leadership being much more about vision, values, moral purpose, we've seen the rise in things like um, thought leadership. Um, and, and leaders really self-analyzing and getting to the bottom of who they are, what they believe and how they behave. And I guess the second part of that is um, a, 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 you know, a very positive increase in the importance of the human aspect of leading people. You know, this idea that real success is achieved through not only having secure task leaderships of the hard, cold stuff that we talked about, but the ability to create great cultures and conditions in which people can get the best out of others, leaders can get the best out of others. Um, and I could give you some examples of that. So there's definitely been uh, definitely been a massive growth in um, coaching cultures. We've seen that. Uh, we've seen the rise of things like Daniel Coyle's coaching uh, culture code. You know where he talks about the kind of cultures that maximise performance. Uh, his work with Pixar and the Navy Seals. Um, and um, a lot of work around, you know, what I and others might call disrupted HR, so the idea that, that HR is going back to looking at the, the moral purpose of, of the people that you serve. Um, most kind of famously Netflix, who took their expensive po- expenses policy and reduced it to five words. And the five words they reduced it to was, do right by Netflix. So I think there's a really positive movement in terms of leadership. Um, And I guess, why is action learning relevant? It's relevant because if you're going to be the kind of leader that leads with moral purpose, who looks at their own behaviour, who who tries to maximise the potential of others, then you really need to have that space to be able to look at yourself, to grapple with the dilemmas that that you're managing within in a busy kind of organisational life. And I think if you ask most leaders where they do that, they would probably say in the shower, in the car or the train on the way home or to work or at home with loved ones um, and what action learning does is it provides people with that opportunity to take that out of the personal space, take it out of um, being within their mind and, and give them a space with others to explore their own potential to solve those critical dilemmas that really help them to move forward and be the kind of leader they want to be.
0: I mean, that's great. I mean, that's a really good intro uh, about action learning. I mean, for me, I hear different interpretations of what action learning actually is. And I suppose to help me and maybe the listeners listening in, um, how do you define action learning? What, What is it that if someone asks you, what is action learning? How do you respond to them?
1: So the philosophy is really simple. So the philosophy is you take a group of six to eight people Uh, for a day typically um, but it can be shorter Um, and they have a facilitator uh, and they work together to solve issues. Now what you're alluding to and you're right is that you can take that one of two ways so if you're an organization looking to to move people from kind of norming within your organization to performing you might say I want to take a group of people and we want to solve a mutual problem and therefore we want a facilitator to work together with the group on one key problem. But there's also the other avenue, and the other avenue is where you bring people together and you ask them each to bring their own dilemmas and you work together through coaching strategies um, with the facilitator leading and organising the thinking around that um, in order to get people to help each other to solve their own individual problems which they then go back out into their working world and and deliver and then come back and reflect on so so both mechanisms exist really
0: So really it works inside of organisations and outside of organisations in probably two different ways i mean that that second way you were talking about where people bring their own problems it's almost bordering on like a group coaching kind of situation isn't it
1: yeah i mean it is it is absolutely that and there are uh, you know as a facilitator um there are a 100 different techniques you could use with that group i mean most typically the 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 obvious one is is the grow model where people work through uh, together, asking questions, trying to establish the goal for that person, what is it they want out of the session, um, R being the reality, you know, what's going on for them, um, O being, you know, what obstacles are there and what are their options, and W helping them to find a way forward. So. Um, you know, it is absolutely in the second the second description, uh, group coaching that really helps people to move forward. But if I can add that there's a little bit of magic that happens there, because when you bring people from different organisations or different places together to look at different dilemmas, what you get is six to eight people learning six to eight times about things that probably they all face. Um, so you do six to eight different versions of learning across a day. And um, something that we've talked a lot about before is the magic of that is twofold. One, it's, it's what we've talked about, something called sticky learning, which is because it's real, because it's in the moment, because it's happening to you, what you learn sticks with you. It's not like going to a training course, coming back and trying to utilize something. It's actually learning in action. And the second bit is the people who take part in action learning tell me that it transforms the way they are in their organisation. So they start to use some of those questioning techniques and those approaches to thinking about leadership behaviour and solving problems with their team. And what they find is those people then start to change in their behaviours and then it affects others. So, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, there's a great clip called The Lone The lone Nut, and it's, um, it's a guy dancing at a festival on his own, and he's kind of dancing out there kind of madly, and everybody's looking at him, really enjoying himself. And you can look at him and think, do you know what? He's kind of just a lone nut out on his own, dancing, doing his thing. But what then magically happens is, someone in the crowd comes and joins him, and starts kind of emulating his mad dancing and this person, the first follower, is the person who kind of creates a wave and shortly what happens after that is a whole group of people join in so what was somebody out on their own looking like they were doing something unusual suddenly becomes a whole group of people doing something which becomes the norm and that is part of the philosophy of action learning. You have one person who comes and learns a way to think about solving problems but they then take it back into their environment and it creates a wave.
0: And that's, that's interesting. It's um, loads of things have been bouncing around my head while you've been saying that, yeah. which always <laughs> happens on these podcasts and I'll try and rein it in a little bit. Okay. Um, it, it's, the One word that I've written down was confidence. Mm-hmm. So actually, by when you have executive coaching and it's one-on-one, you'll talk about your issues, etc., how to resolve that. But when you're doing six to eight people and you're talking about different issues or one large issues, and people are bringing their different angles, you build confidence that what you're thinking may be is real and relevant to the outside world and when you've done enough action learning that's when you have the confidence to spread the word outside the group so uh, I, I think confidence is one of those things you is, to me is one of those goals of facilitation inside the groups so if you can get your group feeling confident about whatever it is you do in that room then success usually follows
1: yeah i think that's a really brilliant summary i would say to you that um If I say to you one of the groups I've had, I've had for 15 years, they've stayed together as a group for 15 years and we've seen each other through changes in career, you know, changes in life. Um, And what keeps them together is they would say, you know, that old adage of imposter syndrome, they've lost that. And they say they have lost that because they've been able to articulate the stuff that as a leader you're taught not to portray to others, which is that sense of, I'm not quite sure if I'm getting this right. I'm not sure if I've got the skills. I'm not sure if my idea is the, the valuable one. Um, and it gives people the space to realize that actually, different to one-to-one coaching, there are other people who are experiencing kind of all the same things that they're experiencing. And it's kind of okay to have those thoughts. It's, it's the hidden stuff that becomes unhidden and it's that that really has the power to transform leadership and leadership behaviour yeah
0: yeah I, 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 I think um this this group dynamic is just a wonderful thing where people can learn off each other, and I think it's, it's something that gets lost inside of learning and development functions. When you think about what are we going to do in our strategy, quite often there's online learning, quite often there's leadership development, there's um, some kind of skills gap d- development, or and but very rarely do we put action learning or even lunch and learn stuff kind of thing in the middle of that and I think it's um, it's a very hard thing to prove an ROI on really I suppose isn't it?
1: Yes and I think um, ROIs in coaching generally are a very controversial thing you know. Uh, We absolutely understand return on investment, we absolutely understand that organisations who are investing money need to understand what the impact is Um, and I guess Uh, have I got an answer to that? I guess I would say to you that uh, all you know, from my experience, uh, what people tell you are coming out of action learning is it's transformational. And where do you see the evidence of that? Well, you see the evidence of that in terms of their performance, their resilience, their ability to deal with difficult situations. So, you know, I think it has hard results. It, it drives those hard outcomes. We talked about sales, profit, people, performance, but it also transforms the soft skills. And, you know and i as i said at the beginning i think really we're seeing um a movement towards valuing those those soft you know soft skills i'm calling that in inverted commas mm. cause i'm not sure i like the term but those soft skills around you know leadership resilience and um what brene brown in her book dare to lead uh called rumbling with vulnerability you know if you're a leader you've got to do the hard yards and here's a place where you can explore those hard yards safely and know that you're making the right choices.
0: And I think that's another good one, isn't it? It's about having that ability and culture within an organisation to actually feel that you can be vulnerable and you can expose yourself in in a trusted environment. And I think that's where the facilitation bit comes in. And I think an external facilitator sometimes gives a, a, a different atmosphere within one of these environments.
1: I think that's hugely valuable. I mean, the facilitator has, you know, I have a number of roles when I facilitate action learning. You know, I'm I'm definitely a chief contract keeper. So when a group comes along and forms for the first time, we talk about what the agreed kind of psychological contract in the room is. So things like total confidentiality, total trust. You know, people have to understand it's a safe space and it's my job as the facilitator to hold people to that. Um, it's my job to keep people to time, it's my job to ensure balance in the group, but actually the most important job I have is to use leadership models to help people to be more objective about what's happening to them and, and people, you know, people who've been part of action learning for some time say that that's part of the really valuable um time spent in action learning is it's actually, you know, understanding things like transactional analysis and Joe Harry's window and some of Covey's work on the habits of, you know, seven habits of highly effective people. Being able to say, actually, this isn't my fault that this is happening. Um, you know, it, there is an objective reason why humans behave in this way and I can use these models to understand. And what that does is reduce that sense of... Um, flight or fight you know that kind of adrenaline response to stressful situations because actually you can reflect and go well actually i've seen this before somewhere and i know objectively that this is a, a real life people phenomenon and and i know therefore that i can work my way through this so that element of the facilitator bringing something concrete that gives you that resilience is kind of critical
0: and I think, I think that's um, one of the best things I've seen about really good facilitators and I think we, we always think of facilitators as trainers and I think they're a totally different breed of people they're mm-hmm. people with a huge depth of knowledge about tools and techniques around leadership as a, as a massive subject in itself and it's about getting people talking about their own stuff and as you say just throwing in that odd hand grenade of here's a tool that might help you out Here, or have you thought about it using this lens and everything mm-hmm. and just getting people to have new things thinking, but it's almost like you, by the end of the day you, you didn't realise the facilitator was there because you was, had such a great conversation. The facilitator was there just just kind of smoothing along the edges
1: yeah and it's quite interesting when you meet a new group of people who come to Action Learning for the first time everybody's unsure what's going to happen and I think some people think they're coming along to um, a kind of chanting session where we might hold hands and, and have some kind of therapeutic approach to leadership it is utterly not that I'm not a social worker I'm not a therapist there's nothing wrong with that but this isn't a forum for that this is a forum for grappling with the hard stuff and part of my job as a facilitator is you put it as a hand grenade Um, i'd like to say i'm less of a hand grenade but um, (laughs) but you know it's it's about asking the hard questions or the or the tough stuff that most people won't ask you it's about having honest conversation it's about um you know pointing out and helping people to see what they're tolerating and enabling Mm -hmm. them to move forward in that um, it's like the coach, mirror.
0: the executive coach, calling it, isn't it? Yes. If you're hearing something, yes. and you know that they're they're yeah. covering up for something, they're not yeah. going deep enough.
1: Yeah, so. a massive power in silence. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. And I was just thinking of your your horror of people walking in to their first action learning session is almost like the look of most people who come <laughs> in for their first podcast session as well.
1: Yes. Um, so yeah, I can I can relate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so one thing I wrote down right at the start of this was was when you were talking about that kind of cold hard stuff etc and, and I was starting to think about the, the, the fact that the workplace still has a masculinity kind of vibe to it and I was thinking of all the things you were saying that where your action learning is aiming towards is almost like the modern workplace, isn't it? If you think about a very fresh, modern culture inside of an organisation, you're thinking these are organisations where feedback is more open, uh, where trust is is, is more implicit, etc. And is something like action learning would be a more getting on towards a more normal thing that people go, yeah, okay, I can do that.
1: Yeah, I would um, I liken it. I talk a lot. I work with a lot of organisations, a lot of organisations that are having a hard time, or, or you know, kind of want to move themselves forward, and they all have a very kind of similar theme to them. Um, and I, you know, talking in leadership talk, I'd say it's something around the sigmoid curve. We talk about. You know, organisations can norm, people in organisations can norm and what I mean by that is you can have so many policies, systems and processes uh, that people have to comply to that they stop employing their own ingenuity, their own thought, they become followers Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, that gives you compliance. But actually if you want an organisation to perform you have to allow people to take risks to think for themselves to try stuff out and to not be condemned for doing that and that's really easy to say and not so difficult and and, and sometimes difficult to achieve but essentially action learning is very much part of that transformation from a norming organisation to a performing organisation and the people within it and and, you know and I think in terms of recruitment that becomes enormously attractive to any who wants to work in an organisation because how wonderful to work in an organisation that actually values um, risk-taking and learning from risk-taking and allowing people to think freely and to kind of get the best out of them. Um, You know, you ask anybody, you know, think about a time where you've worked in an organisation where you've been the happiest. What do they tell you? Well, generally, they tell you that they feel valued um, and they feel that they made a difference how can you do that if you haven't had the opportunity to spread your wings and to put your kind of toe in the water and and to move forward?
0: And that's I mean that's that's super interesting and, and that's where and you're talking about when you talk about action learning and you talk about these people then going forth and spreading the word inside of an organisation. You we're bordering on like cultural change, which. Um, is almost a separate podcast in itself. Indeed. Um, so 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 maybe we'll have to get you back and have another conversation at, at some point. But I I'm, I'm very conscious that time is pressing on and we're almost at the end of the time for our podcast which is probably something I say now almost as a catchphrase every time I do a podcast now because <laughs> the conversation is so great we could go on for hours. Uh-huh. But For the listeners listening in, if you think there's one thing about action learning that you would like them to take away, play within their heads, go and try out in their organisations, what would it be?
1: Wow, so many things. Uh, I think for me it would be the common obstacle that I come up against and I think others would appreciate, and that is the idea that you haven't got time to give yourself time Um, And I think of the best leaders I've met, the most effective leaders I've met, they're the ones who realise that if you want to be the best you can be, you have to give yourself time to look at yourself, to reflect on your thinking and to move forward. And I think, if you think about executive leaders, what are executive leaders paid to do? Well they're paid to make good decisions and to me that equals giving yourself the time to do that and action learning is that space.
0: Which I think is a is a, is a fantastic way to end this podcast. And thank you for, for you listeners who are taking the 22 minutes of space out to listen to this podcast. So you're developing yourself already. Thank you very much for that. Catherine, it's been amazing. Thank you very much for coming along.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Um, I'm sure we'll probably have to get you back to talk about culture at some point. I, I think we were going on to a great conversation there. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening to the latest Tap Talks HR podcast. Please do keep your feedback coming in. It is really great. And let us know of any topics that you would like to hear more about in the future. So that's it for now. I look forward to our next podcast and release in the next couple of weeks. Thanks very much.